0: Before I introduce this week's guest, I just want to give a massive shout out to this week's sponsor. It's Gleason's Family Butchers. Gleason's have stores in Blanchestown Shopping Centre, Roselawn Shopping Centre, Navin, Artane, and Balbriggan. They have fantastic options available in store. So get in, have a look, or shop online. This is the Jer Conroy Fitness podcast. podcast. For more, see jerconroy.ie. Angela, welcome to
1: the podcast. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, Joe, for having me.
0: No, oh, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. Um, look, obviously, as you know, the podcast I wanted to be a bit different. I want to get members of the gym on, and I want them to talk about their experiences and what it was like for them, the thoughts of joining the gym, and when they actually came in, and and just your your thoughts in general around fitness. And I know there's so many people that can listen to this podcast like they have other podcasts and they've been very relatable to other people and I just want to kind of get your perspective on things as well. Is that okay?
1: Yeah that's absolutely perfect.
0: So look basically you're a member of Air gym pretty much I suppose since day one but like before that had you been in the fitness before you joined Air gym?
1: Do you know what I was the complete opposite of the person I am now because many many years ago Um, I had a weight problem and it was a remark that was said to me at one stage. And I think there's always a time comes in your life, whether it's a remark or something that makes you think that you need to do something about your health and fitness. And going back to 94, When I left college, yeah, not a lot of people remember '94. Going back to uh, when I got my first job in an office for an airline, um, we had to wear a uniform for the airline, and it was a job that I wanted to do for quite a while. And I was quite overweight, and I had a weight issue at school and got bullied quite a lot um, and tormented because of it. And because of that, I comforted, and it was a vicious cycle. Yeah as a lot of people can relate to men and women and we were getting we were getting um, asked for our sizes to order the uniform and I had at the time had to say a size 20 skirt now for someone who was only 17 and to get the remark that was said to me at the time you know made things a lot worse because she said to me you know what size uniform will I order for you and at the time I wore a size 20 um put him in a 22 actually, and she said, Oh my gosh, that's huge!
0: Oh, really?
1: For someone who was 17, not long come out of college, it was their first proper work interview. Um, and you're just sat there and you think, Okay, I've just been offered a job, and you don't want to say anything, of course, and sometimes. A comment like that in life, weight or whatever it's going to be, could trigger you to do something. And for me, that was the trigger. Um that's
0: really bad, like,
1: isn't it? It is bad. And it made me feel really bad. But I because I just got this job, um, I was delighted with myself, of course. And it always stays in your mind. And you know, she was slim, she was a size 10, probably in her 40s at the time. Um but to me, because I wanted to go from there to become cabin crew um, to fly on the aircraft, I had to have a certain weight in relation to my height. Um, mm. So that kind of spurred me on. Now that I had the foot in the door and I had three to four years of, of experience behind me in the hangar in the engineering section, um, I said, do you know what? I'm going to do this for me. I'm not going to be a size 20. I wouldn't pass the medical because you have to be a certain weight to be working in the aisles of an aircraft. Um, so I decided to join Weight Watchers, um, very nervous. I'd never done anything like this before. Didn't have a clue about diet, fitness, nothing. Um, so joined Weight Watchers and was nearly closed me. my eyes and she had to weigh me on the scales. And at the time, they were the old-fashioned types with the bar across and the weight. Yeah. They weren't what it is now. <laughs> and I actually joined with a friend of mine. And I think even to this day, buddying up with somebody does make a difference
0: yeah definitely
1: so we joined together um and that kept us kind of having a date together every Thursday night we go along we get weighed and then when we just keep each other spare at the moment you know every week and we meet up for a walk and we'd talk about what food we ate and how we were getting on how do we cope with the challenges the obstacles the bad days um because everybody knows that Dieting or changing your lifestyle isn't an easy route. Um, of A lot of ups and downs. Um, and within a year, I lost over three stone and managed to drop to a size 10. Very good. And that was through sheer determination. And learning to read a, read a food label, to me, is very important even nowadays. Um, walking a whole lot and just being really particular about my portion size and yeah. the health implications of being that size, nothing to do with confidence or image. It's really about the long-term benefit to your health mm-hmm. uh, more than anything. So I lost the weight. I went for the interview and medical to become an air stewardess and pass. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thrilled about So mm-hmm. consequently flew in the summer for a regional airline back in the mid-90s um so that was lovely loved us it was a summer job um it's not always the job that people think is glamorous it's not believe me (laughs) it's very hard work Uh, it might look all in but it's not Uh, so wanted to i didn't want to go back to normal eating after being you know finding out i could keep the weight off And so a couple of years later, I walked into a gym where I used to live and didn't really feel it was doing anything for me, felt a bit on my own. Nobody was there to show me. I didn't know what the classes were. I didn't know. I kind of felt a bit lost. I kind of left it anyhow and just continued with the walking. Um, And then when I moved over here, um, I said to myself, no, I want to keep up what I what I've lost because it's so easy to fall back into bad habits. Um, the hardest thing, I think, really is once you've lost the weight, the hardest thing is to keep it off. Yeah. Um, the easiest part, really, is getting rid of it.
0: Yeah, well, I only spoke about this on, on a podcast as well, about someone asked a question, it was like a QA and did, and people were asking the question of what's the best diet to lose weight, but also to keep it off, because they were saying they've lost weight, put it on, lost weight, put it on, and they were asking what's the best one. And I was explaining that, it is easy to lose it obviously like you could go on any of these crazy fad diets a juice diet but it's a balanced diet you need to be on Mm. to keep the weight off after you've lost it as well because for many different reasons like we all have lives we want to go and enjoy ourselves if we're going to a party we're not going to deprive ourselves of a pizza or if we're going out for drinks or a meal you want to get the dessert it's fine you're allowed to have that but it's about having that balanced diet
1: Absolutely. And to me, I mean, I used to think the word diet was bad and you couldn't have a glass of wine, a bag of crisps, yeah. or beer, yeah. your cheese crackers or whatever you like. And I think for me now in my head, it's more of a lifestyle change and adapting to your holidays, your weddings, your birthdays. We all have to live. But as long as you do things consistently and enjoy life, yeah. for me, that's probably a stronger message than a word diet or restrictive.
0: Yeah, of course. And, and just to get back real quick to uh, when you were talking about like that that comment was made to you when you said, okay, I need a size 20. And they were like, oh my God, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Like for a young teenage girl as well, you said you're 17, I right? Like mm-hmm. for someone that age as well. And I remember talking to somebody else on the podcast. We had Ashland on, on one of the, I think it was actually the first podcast we did. And she was explaining about like the image like nowadays we have like it's instagram you have social media and all these people influencers putting up images and it's you're supposed to be perfect whereas back then you mentioned in the mid 90s as well back then it's like magazines or whatever it may be and it's a bad kind of mindset to have as a teenager or as an adult or whatever to be like i have to look like this individual but that's that's where we're, we live, like that's, that's social media now, it was magazines back then. How dangerous can that be?
1: I think it can affect you mentally. I think it can scar you for life. And now obviously I brushed it aside, but I, I will never forget what she said to me. And it actually kind of did me, it actually put me in a better frame of mind. I thought, well, okay, you might mm-hmm. be a size 10. I want, to, I want to have a different job after here. I'm gonna do this for me. Perhaps you did me a favor. Mm. but I'm so glad that back then we didn't have social media and the internet and all this the cameras and but maybe
0: your, your mindset was different to a lot of people because I know you used that as, as kind of okay I'm going to do this for me now whereas a lot of people would have probably ran out of room yeah I think,
1: I think because I felt quite self conscious and as a teenage or particularly for a teenage girl you have a lot of stuff going on anyway Um, your development physically and mentally. And, you know, Mm. most of my peers at college and at school were, you know, size eight to 10 and attracting boys and looking well and all this. And we all want to feel included with these people. Mm. Um, And it's unfortunate even now that people only see what's on the outside.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I lost the weight and I have lost a lot more since then and kept it off, thankfully. Um, but it's very unfortunate that people only see what's in front of them physically um, I feel I'm the same person inside and yeah. people to judge you based on appearances is very wrong but unfortunately that's the society we live in and you know social media doesn't really do anybody any favours
0: no well look we actually see like Love Island started there last week as well and you see that Um, I, I see did it, it, some influencers putting up posts of like are real life versus Instagram like reality and they're saying it's okay to look like this mm-hmm. but yeah I did a photo shot, sh- shot and I look like this as well you know there's so many people putting up real images now to kind of help with that situation and that's only going to help everybody men women and, and teenagers as you said but unfortunately there's too much of the negative as opposed to the positive and people are really being affected and it is affecting people, not just obviously physically, but mentally. Like You're looking at bulimia, anorexia, like there's so much that is happening to these young mm. teenagers, boys and girls. Mm. And when social media is out there playing this negative role, it's just, it needs to be, there's something that needs to be done about it.
1: Yeah, the doors, especially the younger groups that will literally take it to heart and be bullied. And as a consequence, when we know what can happen at the very end of that. Um, it can be heartbreaking and devastating for families. Um, but I mean, I follow a lot of really good influences on social media that would be in and around my own age. Our trainers have families, are real. Um, I certainly don't follow these look at me types. Um, I follow the likes of, you know, Davina McCall, yourself, Mandy Platt, um, all these ladies who have gone through the journey the right way. And Mm. they're trying to educate men and women of a similar age. Look, this is what can be achieved. Don't be looking at these perfect lifestyle images on Instagram because they're all edited. And people are only only going to put up the best version of themselves online. We don't want to be seeing you know oh, you look terrible your hair and makeup's not done you're running out of bed or the child is crying or you're having a bad day or you have a hangover we don't want to see that because we know what reality is like yeah
0: and um, that's the thing and like you said I actually again we, we spoke about this before people put up the best version of themselves and that's why you have to understand social media isn't always real but we're adults we've we've gone through things in their life and we understand that it's not real but this is the big problem the teenagers don't understand it's not real they see an image of a celebrity and they're like oh my god they look like that not realising that it's Photoshop not realising that even if it's not Photoshop they're, they're have a, they have a person trying to live with them they have nutritionists, chefs living with them you know because they're celebrities they're, they're trying for movies wherever it may be and obviously dentists you know like, the other side of it, where it is, just photoshopped, you know, and, and it was on magazine covers back in the day. Now it's literally all over social media. And we are old enough, as I said, to kind of realise that it's not real. But this is the big problem. I'm talking to parents all the time about their kids and their kids don't realise that this is fake. It's not their real life. You see, you ever see pictures of people on social media and then you see them in real life and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> that doesn't even look like them. You wouldn't recognise them.
1: It just it just makes you wonder how much of their other aspects of their lives are filtered and edited, not just physically.
0: Of course, of course. And that's look, that's the other side of it as well. Everybody, as you said, puts up their best life. And why though? Why would you pull up obviously people want to look good in an image, but why use a filter, for example? Because you want to look better.
1: I think it's to do with pressure and who they're trying to influence and what age group is going to be attracted to this. Um, yes. You know, and when I put up photographs for my business or for my own personal journey, it could be to do with the dumbbells or it could be to do with me. And I just think, you know what, just put it up because what's the point in trying to be pretend someone you're not?
0: Mm.
1: You know, it, it's I've never been a typical gym bunny ever. Um, in my mind, looking at social media, certainly the last few years, I thought you had to be this perfect size six, um, toned, tanned, perfectly made up. And when you see these images on Instagram or the other channels, yeah. that's, that's what you're led to believe. And people are following these um, fake, false people. And it's not real. Um, yeah. You know, when you walk into a gym, certainly your gym, that's not what you see. You don't you don't feel unwelcome. You don't feel that. I can't walk in here because I haven't got the body that's portrayed online.
0: Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like you have to, we have to understand that and we have to kind of try and like even on air social media, obviously this podcast as well, it's it's basically trying to help people. That's what we're doing it for. Mm. We want people to understand, and we want t- teenagers to watch this as well, or if parents are watching a show to your teenagers to, to let them see that social media is is can be very very positive and we can do really good things on social media to help so many people but it can be really negative but when you see something negative you have to understand that not everybody is perfect not everybody puts up their best pictures and and there's so many different examples of that and like i said there's influencers in the last couple of weeks now the last last week i suppose since love island started and they are saying here's me on love island Okay, and here's an actual picture of me today. And here's a picture of me yesterday looking the opposite of today, but that's because I was in a photo shoot. So it's not actually real. And here's me with my makeup on now. And Mm. that's the content that I want to see being put up because it's going to help these teenagers to realise that, okay, it's okay to look like this. It's okay to feel like that. And And there's not pressure.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, we remember sometimes a lot more the negatives the positive
0: yes. Uh, yes
1: social media can be poisonous I'm not going to lie um there has been posts or certain accounts that I have decided to unfollow because they're not influencing my life in a positive way and I thought no that's just not for me and um, so I try and follow and interact with people that would be on my level and that's somebody who's experienced somebody that's been there done that and um, look life isn't all peachy and made to look perfect because let's be honest it's yeah good.
0: well look that's that's a very important point and, and i always say this to people as well it's it's like it's not just who you're following on social media like we always say if there's someone in in your life like friends let's say that are just constantly bringing you down negativity all the time you're not going to keep those individuals in your life. You want people, and it's not about being positive 24-7 either, I'm a very positive person, but you have to understand, you can't just be going around being positive every moment of the day because it's like being motivated. You're not going to be motivated every moment of the day either, and that's okay. But we have to understand, if there is someone in their life and they're just bringing negativity to us all the time and no happiness, no positivity, you're not going to keep them in your life. So it's the same for social media. Why would you follow someone on social media that are putting out bad content, negative stuff, making you feel bad about yourself because they're showing their six packed or this or that, the Photoshop's or filters, everything. Get rid of them.
1: Exactly. And I Get think that needs to be filtered down to a lot of the younger groups. But unfortunately, it is a lot to do with peer pressure and who they're hanging around with and what's the latest trend. I mean, I don't know half of these celebrities that people follow, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> um, and it's not a bad thing um i do interact with um an experienced lady trainer in england she's a personal trainer and she's she's excellent and i would interact with her posts and agree with her and um comment and yeah that's good because it's important that somebody's put up something useful that you can relate to um, whether it's to do with your mental or physical or spiritual health um, yeah which a lot of people don't really kind of go down those routes. It's not just about look at me and how slim and toned I look. Um, for me, it's all to do with your mindset. And it, it's it's trying to get that message across to people. Look, you can only do things for yourself no matter what it is in life. And for, yeah. me, it, for me, it was my weight loss and still is my fitness journey. And I still have a lot to learn. And I love to learn about weights and fitness and technique and pushing myself a little bit more. It's not always... Well, now I'm down to this weight. I'm not going to do anything else because society yeah. says, you know, I have to be a certain weight and height according to this particular chart or this particular, let's say, BMI or your height or your weight. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to do things for me, okay? Yeah. And you can't really, you can't really let somebody's comments like going back to the '90s with my dress size. You can't let them stay in your mind too long because it will affect you in a very bad way and that will carry through with you for life. And you can think, right, how can I learn from this? What's the lesson here? And for me it was get your ass in gear. If you want to have that particular job, you are going to have to do something about it. Nobody can do it for you.
0: Yeah. That's that's very good. That's a very good point. Like I just do you feel that there is enough being done let's say on social media to kind of counteract these negative posts that go up or these fake posts i should say do you feel there's enough being done or could we do I something don't, more?
1: i don't think there's enough being done now and i i'm not sure that these companies are in a stronger position to do that um there are a lot of fake accounts there are a lot of fake profiles out there but i think a lot of people are copping on to this now and thinking look you know we know this isn't real and mm. it's starting to filter down to the younger ones but. It's just a matter of what they want to believe that's real and what's not real. Um, And I think- What can we do
0: to help? What can we all do to help to show the teenagers for example that social media isn't always real and people do put up their best lives and their best photographs and everything else what can we do to kind of
1: i think it's that message i think you? it would be important if the schools or colleges were to include that in some sort of curriculum and mm. um, be it optional or otherwise because we get taught so much in school that is useful like to you know tools for life very good going forward you know we need to be taught about our mental health and our physical health and not just about maths english history english irish whatever it's going to be because we're in different decades now than we were 20 30 40 years ago life changes society changes and i think if it got through the message at that level say at 13 14 and once they leave college or school they're then going away with a more positive image in their head Um, yeah
0: That's a very good point, Angela, because you're talking about like nowadays, like a lot of people uh, are talking about, there's, there's still stigma around mental health, but not as much as there was. There's still a lot of stigma obviously around, but obviously not as much as I said, but I feel a lot of teenagers don't even know what anxiety is, don't know what depression is, and they think they're bad words. It's not a bad word. It's not. But they need to understand what it actually means, and that is what you're saying. We should be teaching stuff like that in school.
1: I think I, I feel very strongly about that because an awful lot of teenagers, men, mm-hmm. and women, particularly probably men more, because they've been taught to hide their emotions and don't talk about things and man up and brush yeah. off the carpet and you know slap on the back. It's grand. Don't be worrying, but that's not always the case. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us years ago were taught to just oh, it's grand, move on, just ignore it. But you can't ignore it if it affects you mentally. You need professional help, not just from someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about. And any any form of therapy will help that, whether it's a counseling, whether it's physical activity, whether it's your mindset changing. And if that was taught at a younger age, then all these horrible, nasty things wouldn't be happening to people, um, be it depression, mental illness, or worse. and I think if if they're just leaving college and school and just going straight into a job or their next path in life without having the key skills for, to handle these problems, yeah, it's just going to continue, you know? Yeah,
0: it's about just teaching, educating, it's, educating the kids on this type of stuff. And look, adults need to learn about this. There's so many adults that still don't understand it. They don't know what i A lot of people have anxiety Um there's different levels of anxiety, obviously, but a lot of people have it really bad and they don't even realise they have it. Mm. And sometimes they will never know until it's actually pointed out to them. But how can it be pointed out to them if they don't talk about it, let's say? Um, so many people will be depressed and not realise they're depressed either. And again, there's different levels of that. It
1: so many people,
0: like you look at postnatal depression yeah. is, is a big one. When women have kids, obviously the hormones are all over the place and mm. they don't even realise what's wrong with them for a start and when they do realize what's wrong when it's explained to them they will be like do you know what this is actually okay this is normal so it's okay to feel a certain way Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to be talking about people need to understand whether it's postnatal depression or just depression and any type of depression or anxiety as i said it's okay because these are natural feelings Mm -hmm. um in in some ways you know they can be natural feelings and it's okay like we all need a a bit of anxiety we all need to feel anxious sometimes but it's how to deal with it and the thought process of being depressed and how to kind of evaluate everything as well but that's where the professional help comes in
1: absolutely i think um for the first two years of my child's life i think i did suffer pnd postnatal depression i never decided to get it actually diagnosed and for the first two years we were here with a child and i didn't know what i was doing you know first kid having a clue this doesn't come with a manual don't know what i'm doing yeah, yeah. um on my own most days and i think okay what do we do there's no one here to help me this family isn't in the local area so yeah. um, for the first two years at home i'm not going to lie it was a massive struggle the weight did actually go on a bit more than i would have liked um as well as the baby weight being shifted because I felt like that I did drink a little bit more than what I would have liked Um, it could have been four or five o'clock in the afternoon and I'd open a bottle of wine um, and finish it that night and you know I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna be open about it and it was it wasn't a good time in my life and I just think how did I get through those two years on my own hadn't a clue what I was doing and some yeah. people are very fortunate to have their family on their doorstep, or they have siblings, or they have close knit community, or they have relatives or help. So um, I remember going around Blanchardstown with Keen and the buggy, desperate to find a crash. Um, and just you know, I had a lot of dark days. There was a lot of tears, and there was a lot of. Um, I suppose it would have been anxiety or a form of depression, but not really known because I'd never had PND or been diagnosed or what was going on. And with the first baby, you haven't got a clue. Is this normal? Am I normal? Um, you know, what, what do I do? So um, I remember going into a crash and eventually getting him a space and he's still in there actually today. Um, <laughs> they've, actually, they've actually kept him on, you know, as after school and summer school. So it is, it is a godsend. So when he was two, I decided then to um, do something. And I thought, I can't go on like this. I don't want to go into this big black hole. Wow. Um, so I, I employed a female personal trainer to come to the apartment. And she sure. specialized at the time in women who had a baby, uh, which for me was probably the best starting point. Because I didn't really, you know, when you just Google personal trainers, you have oh. a lot like, of <laughs> Are they insured? Are they any good? Do they get results? Oh, they just after your money? I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So now that I had this free time, that the child was in the crash a couple of days a week, I thought right, okay, we've done it before. I need to lose a stone or two. So the wine was dropped, the walk came in, the walk started, and the lady came to the house about, I think she started with me two or three times a week just to really get me going. And my God, Did I struggle and puff and wheeze and breathe? I was in the northern state, you know. So um, that carried on on for maybe a year or two. And I was so chuffed with the results. Um, And she taught me not to get obsessed with the scales. She taught me to get obsessed with more measurements how you feel inside your head how your your own how do you feel how do you feel about yourself don't be worried about a number on the scale and she's right to this day
0: and that's that's exactly what you should be worrying about and even a few minutes ago you said when you're the, having a the baby and you might be feeling the same way you're asking yourself am i is this normal or am i normal mm-hmm. and when you said that there's so many times you hear people saying that because when they don't know what's wrong with them and when i was saying a minute ago about people don't know what anxiety is and depression is and there's something wrong with you but you don't know what it is. But people really let that get to them and all they need to hear is, okay, well, this is actually a little bit of depression. This is a little bit of an anxiety, uh, a little bit of anxiety, I should say, but it's actually okay and here's how we're going to deal with it. People, when they don't know what it is, they do feel like they are not normal. But we are all normal. We all have these... um, Issues, no one's perfect, like we're talking about. It's okay to feel a certain way.
1: Exactly. And I think once you speak to somebody who has actually gone through that journey and that process of healing, you go, I wish I'd said something earlier.
0: It's always the case. Yeah, always.
1: I wish I'd I'd known you then, or you've been like, you've been a guardian angel, you were sent to me for a reason, and your life just changes.
0: Um, and you realize that you're not the only one and and i find this and and obviously you're talking about like women have to have babies like a lot of my clients would be women have to have babies or whatever and it's a big it's a big thing to happen to an individual like it's very traumatic as well some labors are, are better than others obviously but the hormones are all over the place of course there's going to be some sort of problems that can arise after having having a baby when I'm talking about mentally but it's it's normal it really is normal and it's okay and okay it doesn't happen to everybody that's fine thank god it doesn't happen to everybody but if it does happen to you and there's someone listening to this and are feeling that way I'm delighted you're at the putting your story across there I didn't know we were going to talk about that actually but it's very important for everybody to see that these things are normal and you are normal because Like, what is normal? You know, we're we're all normal. None of us are normal. There's no one perfect. We're all just human beings trying to get through it each day. And it's okay to not be okay, as they say.
1: Exactly. And I think the more we talk about it, the more the stigma will disappear over time about, look at please talk for men and women, aren't we? Yeah. Not specifically drawn into postpartum depression, but particularly men who might suffer in silence. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Speaking to people who have either been on that side of the fence or have supported someone through this dark hole to come out and see the light yeah Uh, unless you've experienced it or seen it it is hard for people to understand but there is help there be it family friends the gym or whoever it's going to be or or professionally and I think we'll all take help as and when we feel ready for it, because there's nothing worse than somebody trying to get you to talk when you're not ready.
0: Yeah, of course. And and sometimes people feel, and, and look, we talk to many different people all the time about these types of things or issues they might be having or things they are going through. And again, those, those podcasts we've done on mental health and depression as well. And you see when people say, like you said a minute ago, if only I had I said something sooner, everybody Things like that because they don't realise how much talking can help. And I do get that. Okay, well I'm not ready to talk about it right now, but maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. We did a podcast with with John, and John was talking about you have to find the right person to talk to somebody you trust, not like let's say one of the lads that's going to say, "What do you mean you're depressed? I got grand. Have a drink, or you'll be fine. Go for a run, whatever you know." And but they're actually someone who's going to be a friend to you and say okay, but what, what? how are you feeling? And it's okay to be like that. And maybe someone will say, well, do you know what? I actually think like that as well. But we're all normal. We're all the same. Let's let's talk and, and ask actual questions about the situation. And you'll realize maybe the other person's feeling the same. And if not, maybe their partner's feeling the same or whatever. It's very relatable to so many people, but we don't know it unless we actually talk about it. I haven't heard one person ever say to me, I open up to this person. And they just were like, no, no one has depression. No, everything is fine. It's not like that. There's so many people that say, when well, we spoke to this person. It really, really helped. No one ever has said to me, we spoke to someone and it never helped.
1: And I think also, if you speak to somebody who's not the judgmental type or the critical or negative type, you're on to yeah. there because the last thing you want to do is upset, say if it's upset a parent or upset your partner or a sibling, I don't feel there's any harm in talking to a neutral party that you know the ins and outs of your life. Sometimes that can be a blessing, other times it's a curse. And if you speak to somebody neutral, be it um, someone that you might not see all the time, or even if you decide to go down to see a psychotherapist, um, they don't know your background. They really don't know your history. It can be better, say, if I was talking to you or, or my trainer in the gym or, you know, and it's, it would be amazing then when you do open up the, the neutral advice that you do get.
0: Yeah, and that's that's just depending on the individual. Some people might like talking to their their siblings, other people are work colleagues, other people are just their friends, and other people are, it's a personal trainer, it's, it's, it's an actual counsellor, whoever it may be, but the key thing is try and talk to somebody full of stuff. just talk to somebody you know
1: the worst thing you can do and you know i'm not perfect we do bottle things up because we're only human and yeah. we don't want to be judged and that's the big thing again it's society it's judgmental yeah. pressure it's image it's everything um and we shouldn't feel like that but unfortunately a lot of us do and this is a lot of the problem this is the blockage called yeah. by this non-communication and we would rather live a perfect life on the internet, which is oh, not yeah. a perfect life on the internet.
0: Because it's, it's not real, that's why. not
1: real, <laughs> it's not, oh,
0: No, but look, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that we're actually talking about that because like I said, the whole reason of the podcast, Angela, is for people just to listen to them, watch them, whether it's on YouTube or the audio platforms, and they realise that, okay, I'm actually similar to that person. I've felt like that before, or they can relate in some way and just we're trying to obviously help people to let them see that it is okay to feel a certain way it is okay to think a certain way but it's okay not to be okay as we're saying you know
1: exactly and that's i think that's the big key thing that a lot of people struggle with and until that message is brought out more broadly then people are unfortunately going to just keep it to themselves Um, and but my my turnaround point I suppose, what have I been now? Member of your gym for six, seven years? Yeah. Um, And again, it was, I was driving through Mulhoda. I think I was getting a coffee or something. And I just went for a spin and I just needed a bit of headspace. And Mulhoda is not too far from me here. And I seen this massive sign up, which is still there now, with your company name and with pictures of women and men who had gone through the fitness journey. Yeah. And I kind of felt a bit lost and I didn't really know a lot of trainers in the area. And I didn't know certainly any gyms that didn't feel intimidating. Mm. Um, and I seen this sign up and I went home and I right, I'll Google him, see what he's like. <laughs> 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 the internet. I came home, opened up the laptop, had a cup of tea and I went, sounds all right yeah we'll go and see him so then yeah, I, I think yeah. I, you, I think we were talking on email and you said oh pop up for a complimentary consultation yeah with yourself with the actual owner of the gym which to me meant a lot not just pound out to someone else yeah. um, and I remember seeing the sign I'm going maybe that's a sign literally that yeah next step in my journey um but because I'd had a few female PTs at home, I knew what was involved working with a trainer. Yeah. Um, and I remember walking up the back stairs, which I think are now closed. Um, yeah, that was the original
0: entrance, yeah.
1: Exactly. That's how yeah, that's how long I've been there. Yeah. So I remember I remember us chatting at the desk at Mulhodict, and I remember walking up the stairs going. I can't, I'm, there's no way I can do all this. You know, the way you just don't know what to feel, I think.
0: Of course, of course.
1: And having the weight issues in the past, and knowing my fitness, certainly cardio levels were zero. Um, I didn't know what a barbell or a kettlebell or dumbbell was. Um, And having that chat then put me more at ease. And I came home and I didn't really have to think much about it. And I said, do you know what? Let's go down the route of having a trainer because... I've had a trainer before the lady trainer in the house and um, i would feel comfortable on a one-on-one to start with i can't put myself yeah. in, a, in a group environment because i wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. um, so i remember um myself and yourself had a, a pt at the start and well i nearly died oh my god
0: <laughs> a lot of it's just the thoughts of doing it as well. Yeah, it's the you thoughts of doing it. And up the stairs and not being able to do it. And then when you yeah. go and do a
1: speed PT, you realise... You know, running on the spot and and pushing the prowler and, and the ropes and all this, hadn't a clue about technique or these words or methods or anything like that. So I thought, you know what, just keep with it. You've done it before, you're in a gym. And I thought, if I go down the one-to-one route, I don't have to be in front of anyone. Yeah. So then, then you assigned me Glenn at the time, and I think I did a year or two with him, and I yeah. felt progress was a lot better, and yeah. I, I taught a lot more about technique, methods, um, reducing body fat, to do with measurements, to do with mm-hmm. equipment, and how to get the result that you want. Um, yeah. it's not a clue. So that went really, really, really well, and. Obviously, then he got a promotion into management, and I'm now with Kieran. Yeah, very which good. Which I've got a PT tomorrow, actually, in <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah. So, for me, though, you know, going down the PT route was wonderful, and I still do like it. But um, I remember Glenn saying to me at the time, we were doing a one to one in the studio, and at the time, the studio was there rather than the gym, the gym wasn't yeah. there. And people were waiting outside to come in to do say, box fit or um, strength and conditioning or whatever it was. And he said to me, would you not try a class? I said, yeah, there's no way I would be able to keep up with them gym bunnies there's no way and I felt really no no I, I can't look no, look at them should they they've been here they know what they're doing I haven't a clue so I kind of hid away in the studio with the trainer that no one would see me and see how fitness my boss and fitness wasn't great so I said no 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 I won't and kind of after a while we were talking about it again and I said Oh, will go on then I'll try it you know just to Will he ever stop talking about it? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it
0: <laughs> so, because he knew when I said it as well. When we were trying, um, before we, we got Glenn to start training, you know, I was like, You'll be able for it, but again, it's the thoughts of it. So many people are just terrified because the way we design our classes, like, so, so many people just come in and say, You have to do that class, and, and that's it. But we make sure that we go at your pace. So, yes, we have a program designed, but if you're like at this level, they, they, we will do your workout for this level. If someone else is in the class fitter than you, we will push them harder. Mm-hmm. If someone is a brand new beginner, we will go easier on them. It has to be personalized, even though it's a class for the individual. So we knew it would be fine. We eventually said yes.
1: I eventually, well, let's say reluctantly agrees. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I thought, right, okay, how bad is it going to be, you know? Well, after the first class, I remember just panting and puffing and going, right, I've had enough. I'm not doing this. I'll just stick with the trainer. Uh-huh. And I just I kept up the PT and the classes. I think I kept up two PTs a week just to yeah. keep on track and accountable, which for me still is a big thing. And um, I remember doing the classes and I remember thinking, Do you know what? It's not that bad. It's mostly women here in the same situation as me. Um, some older, some younger, some not as fit, some much fitter than me that know exactly what they're doing and what a burpee is. Right now, me and burpees are getting on. We didn't really get on then. We didn't we have a lot of relationship, you know. Um, I think I did 20 yesterday in Jordan's class, and I went, you couldn't even do one six years ago, you know. There you go. There you go. So it's all about progress for me, and even now, looking back, I'm so glad that he did push me to take me out of my comfort zone because we all have our comfort zones and we all want to do things that we're used to. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually glad he said, look, at try the classes. And even to this day now, I mean, I make a date with myself and, a, and a, the studio workout or whatever I decide to do. And I fill the diary for the week ahead and that's my time for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I've made a date with myself and the gym or the studio or a workout, the trainer, um, And I just put the headphones on and I just get lost in it. And that's for me. Um, Or whether it's with the trainer. And it's like, no, you've made an appointment to be with Karen or whoever it's going to be. Um, He's making the effort. You make the effort.
0: And that's brilliant. And I love that because I actually spoke to somebody only last night about this as well, about joining the gym and making time for yourself. Because if you have an appointment with a doctor, you will go. If you have an appointment to meet your personal trainer, you will go. But you're not going to have a personal trainer five times a week but if you're meeting Kieran on on a a Monday and you want to go to the gym Wednesday and Friday and Saturday on your own you have to put it in your diary to say okay that's my appointment for myself with myself you know and go to the gym because that's how you're looking after yourself physically and mentally as well because like I said so many people say I will go to the gym tonight at 6 o'clock and then 6 o'clock comes and I'll for every reason to get out of it but you wouldn't cancel with your doctor, you wouldn't cancel with your personal trainer even so we cancel with yourself.
1: You wouldn't cancel. I mean, if I was meeting a client, I, I certainly wouldn't cancel with the client to meet a bride or whoever it's going to be. And yeah. It's like it's like anything to me. Now this might sound a bit harsh, but people do things that are important to them.
0: Yeah, of course
1: whether that's fitness, gym, friends, family, holidays, whatever they're doing, if it's important to you, you're going to make it a priority.
0: You're going to make time for it, exactly. And
1: if you want something bad enough, we, like humans, are going to go after it.
0: And this is what I always ask people. like, You're saying that you want something bad enough. So if you, want, like you wanted that job, so you worked really hard and, and you made sure you wanted to lose that weight, to feel a certain way, to get into a certain yeah. uniform and, and to be able to get that job. But what are you going to want more going to be healthy and it's not about being a gym bunny and having a six-pack it's about being healthy both physically and mentally I keep saying it what are you going are you going to want that job more than you're going to want to have your health are you going to want to have that to have anything you gonna want that car more than you're going to want to have that health
1: yeah, and I, sure think, enough, you know? and I think if if people can have the latest designer gear, you know, the latest car, the latest trainers, or have their hair done or whatever it's gonna to be, to me, well, right. mental and physical health, yes, is important. And the most important investment you can make is yourself. Of course. And you're the only one that can do these things, whether it's fitness or whatever it's gonna be. And training your mind is the biggest thing. now. You know, in a class, they might say, right, I want, you, I want you to do 20 push-ups, and you go, well, you've just said, no, you can't do them, so your mind's going to go, no, I can't do them. But yeah. if, you've got, if you've got a trainer standing over you and encouraging you and supporting you, you've, you've done them, because someone is egging you on and helping you.
0: Yeah, and look, the other side of it is, and most people don't realise, they literally think, oh, well, if he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. No trainer, he or she, no trainer is going to tell you to do something that they don't already know that you can do it. Yeah. Like we 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 are testing people even when they're warming up. We're looking at their mobility, but obviously we know you, Glenn. I was trying you then. Glenn was trying it like twice a week. He knew what you were able to do. Whereas if we meet someone for the very first day, I don't have like a program designed for them because I've never met them before. And even if I've met them before, I don't know if they're able to do a squat, they're able to do a deadlift, they're able to do a press up, whatever it may be. I need to assess them. So the first session is is an assessment. And it's an assessment for you. It's not for me, it's for you because I'm not going to give you a program at level six if you're only level five because it will be too hard, but I also won't give you a program at level four if you're level five because that'd be too easy. But that's the thing, people don't realize that. Like how many times have you said to your trainer or has someone said to me, oh, well, I can't do that. Of course you can do it. So try it. And then when they try it, they're like, how how could I do that? You know, it's because we know by assessing you that you can actually do it. I remember I was in the
1: gym recently, uh, or prior to lockdown, I think it was last year, and in Mulhoda, you've got bars over the window, like monkey bars, I think they're called. I don't know the technical term. And yeah. I remember there was a competition, a, kind, a little competition, about people who could hang the longest, literally hang with your hands at the top and dangle And tough, yeah. yeah. that's the, Yeah, I knew there was something. Um, <laughs> and Chris said to me, would you not go for that? And immediately, of course, the fear set in. I can't do that there's no way should the fellas there like six packs and muscles of course there's no way and he goes go on go on try it and i said no 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 well i came back the following couple of days and he said do you want to will you go for it go on you just try it i said do you know what i will yeah. So anyhow, I went over and I'm the fear of God is setting in. I'm going to, go to fall and break my face here. It's Jesus Christ. Who's going to catch me, you know? So, anyhow, he's put his stopwatch on and there was a box under me. So, I know if I let go too early or if I felt I, I just couldn't do it, then I wasn't going to fall flat on my face onto a concrete floor, you know? And yeah, of course. course. Yeah. Go on, try it, try it. So, I said, you know what? I will. And I was all psyched up for it. And I think um for the first time I tried it, I got over a minute and I went, I didn't even think I'd get 10 seconds.
0: You see, there you go. And I was gonna ask you, how long did you actually think you were gonna last for? Because so the, many people I think
1: on the second go, we, we tried it again a few days later. He happened to be there and that was a sign. I thought, oh God. <laughs> <gonna get out laughs> it do, you yeah. Um, no, I think I was literally dangling for a minute and a half, minute. <laughs> <old days. laughs>
0: Oh, brilliant. But brave. it's not
1: to know what it is. It's that extra bit of someone knowing you can do it and changing the way you think.
0: Of course. that Look, that's what it's all about. That's, look, that's what we're here for, you know? But uh, it's just about motivating encouraging people and just helping them. But like I said, not asking them to do something that they can't do, you know?
1: Mm, exactly. And I think, you know, once we accept that it is a lot of our awareness in our minds, then... It will just follow through and you will want to make yourself better. You will want to develop to the next stage or can I lift another two? Can I lift another five? Can I hang for oh. the minute? Can I do 20 push ups instead of 10? And if somebody knows it's in you, but you don't, well, if you've got a good trainer like I've had with your business over the years, then if you found someone who can believe in you, then you can believe in yourself, you know?
0: Of course, look. That's that's key. I love that as well. And it's very important that you, you have people that believe in you, but it's very important to believe in yourself as well. You have to. Like I believe that anybody can achieve anything. It's not me trying to be like positive and Mr. Motivator. It's literally I believe anybody can achieve anything they want. They just have to want the bottom. That's all.
1: That's the bottom line. And I think to me, you know, health is your health is your wealth, and that to me really is the bottom line.
0: Yeah. Now, well, listen thank you very much for coming on to this podcast I'm not really enjoying it we're speaking about things I didn't think we were going to speak about um, I think your message about mental health is very important and I'm glad you touched on your story a little bit as well um, what I'd like to do as well when, when we're able to we get you into the gym to do an actual into the podcast room we'll do a, another podcast an update on how you're getting on with your fitness as well and um, and also, just before you go as well, can you talk to me because you mentioned drill quick the business? Can you talk to me about your business because I know you have a very important company and you help so many people, including uh, some of the members as well. But what it's it's uh, t- t- tell tell me tell everybody else what your business is.
1: My business is called the Wedding PA, and I'm a qualified insured wedding planner. And I've been a PA for. Probably the best part of 20 years up to CEO level in multi industries across the board and I wanted wanted a business name that would reflect exactly what I do Um, and the wedding PA was born a few years ago so I plan weddings for clients and I also offer a service that's on the day so if clients were getting married and they wanted to plan everything themselves they want somebody on the day to coordinate absolutely everything for them on a personal level. Yeah. So my job would be um, to come in three or four months out. I'm just literally looking at four files. I've got four weddings on here at the moment. I'm doing. Um, my, my job would be to be there for them on a personal level and a lot of people would get confused and say, well, I have a venue coordinator at the venue to do all this for me, which is, is, is accurate. However, what they don't seem to realise is that these wonderful people work for the venue, they don't work for the couple. And they are an employee of that business, be it um, the pillow or or, uh, the station house or whatever it's going to be. They are an employee of the venue and they would take care of venue responsibilities and I would take care of the couple responsibilities. Um, so I would put together, just to give you a snapshot, I would put together a timeline for the day. So when the couple are getting ready, their morning, their exciting morning preparations, right the way through till the first dance or um, perhaps halfway through the evening, I would have a timeline in front of me that's used very discreetly, very privately. and I would be able to run that day to plan the way it's meant to run. Now, that's something awesome. that, that venues obviously wouldn't have because they have their own schedule to do with the kitchen, the venue, um, the waiting staff. They have their own schedule to adhere to. Um, but I'm I'm employed uh, as a PA for the couple on a very personal level.
0: Yeah.
1: So I look it takes at, a lot of
0: stress away as well.
1: It takes all the stress away. And there's one or two weddings now. I'm full planning this year. Um, I, an email just popped in there to book something else. And I'm, I'm involved from the very start of their engagement, right up until the night of the wedding, um, when they have this chance. So I would also present a short list to my clients. If you said to me, Oh, Angela, you know, we really need a photographer for this date, and I can say, Well, these are my top three or four. And because you're a client of me, I, they're able to offer you, let's say, 20% discount. Fantastic. Yeah, very
0: good.
1: Now, a lot of, uh, well, all of my suppliers would be vetted, fully insured professional a very reputable industry very well known very well experienced I wouldn't really deal with people who are not because at the end of the day I've recommended them and my neck is on the oh, line. yeah
0: look that's very important you know you have to make sure that you're you're recommending people that you can trust as well
1: absolutely and that's the key thing is trust whether it's with a client whether it's with a wedding whether it's with a personal trainer it's all about that key thing is trust you know yeah
0: course but listen best of luck with it as well like i said we thank will you. get you here if, if you can come into the gym assuming the restrictions are lifted that little bit more and uh, we'll see how you're getting on in your fitness journey and we'll talk about other things then Absolutely. as well yeah i'd love to yeah listen thank you very much and um, best of luck again with the company and i'll talk to you soon okay yeah, thanks bye. thank you have a good day take care Bye bye a big shout-out again to Gleason's Butchers. They are the sponsors of this week's podcast. Everybody knows I've been eating Gleason's Butchers food for many years now. It's top quality. Go and check it out yourself. Blanchestown Shopping Centre, Roseland Shopping Centre, Navin, Artane, and Balbriggan. Check them out online as well because they do deliver.
1: This is the Jerk
0: Conroy Fitness podcast. podcast. For more, see jerconroy.ie.